Welcome to the Kupinger Coal Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm an analyst and advisor at Kupinger Coal Analysts. In each edition, I will have one guest joining me, a fellow analyst or another interesting partner, and we will have a 15 minutes or so chat around interesting topics. My guest today again is Graham Williamson. He is an analyst for Kupinger Coal in Brisbane. We had an earlier episode together when we looked at IEM projects and the issues around them being too big or tending to fail. Um, and we did have a look at it from a solution architecture point of view. Today, we will talk about IEM projects from a different angle. So we will look at the project management sites for uh, an IEM project. But first of all, welcome, Graham. Thanks, Matthias. Good to be with you today. Great, great to have you back again here and to learn from your insight and your experiences when it comes to managing large-scale projects in the area of IAM. So um, we talked about that earlier. Martin Kupinger did that in a video we published on the Kupinger Call website. Um, IAM projects are notorious for failing. They tend to fail. And um, we've looked at it from the, from the architecture point of view. What to think of when it comes to um, IAM projects, whom to involve. Um, but I think this whom to involve is also an interesting aspect when it comes to project management. What are your recommendations when it comes to managing large-scale IAM projects? Right. I am a firm believer in the importance of project management. So when we say, look, an IAM project is too big, What we're basically saying is that it is touching so many parts of the identity fabric within the organization that we don't understand each, each of those touch points. And so what we need to do is take a project management approach to allow us to understand what projects are going to be impacted. And that will allow us then to take a management process of actually making all of the pieces come together. Um, so, so what we're basically talking here is engaging a, a project manager. Now, when I say project manager, I've got to, I've got to say a lot of companies uh, don't have a good view of what a project manager is. Um, they, in some cases, uh, consider them to be, oh, they're the person that um, uh, reserves meeting rooms. They're the person that does the minutes of the meeting. That's not a project manager. A project manager is somebody who takes control of the project. And, you know, quite frankly, project management, in my opinion, is the best return on investment you're ever going to get in an organization, okay? So for that little bit of money that you spend on administering your project, the benefits are enormous. I, can I tell you a very quick story? It happened back in 2005. Uh, the National Australia Bank in Australia uh, had a rogue trader that cost them $262 million. It was all over the papers, front page. It was on all of the newscasts about this rogue trader that had cost the bank so much money. That same year, National Australia Bank wrote off $400 million of bad projects. And it was three column inches on page seven. You know, people just didn't, 
pay, pay attention to it. So this is what, um, when it comes to IM projects, if we can manage them like a project and apply project management principles, our chance of succeeding are far greater. Um, I remember one project I was involved in where after we had applied these project management principles, management decided that this project just not, was not going ahead. They didn't want to put the, the requisite money into making that project work. So they decided to stop the project at the end of the planning phase. That's a good outcome. Project management saved that company a lot of money because if they'd gone ahead and realized incremental costs as they went along, uh, that could have been uh, disastrous uh, for, for the company. So I, I just want to, to say one more thing as, as, as part of this importance of project management. The company must decide. So one of the first decisions that needs to be made is, are we going to take a classic project management approach or are we going to take an agile project management approach? And either is, 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 is right. Classic is typically the safest because you are taking a, an approach whereby you'll do, uh, take the whole project, you'll do a Gantt chart that's going to cover all of the activities, and then you will work through in what's sometimes called a waterfall process, each of the various stages of that project. In an agile project, what you'll do is you'll take individual components of the work that needs to be done within an environment where we are looking at the whole project, but you'll take each individual piece of it and you'll manage that piece properly. And one of the advantages there is you can quickly pivot if something's gone wrong and, and uh, fix it up rather than in a classic approach where you've got to now go back, redo the schedule and, and so on and so forth. So uh, that's one of the, the main decisions. And that decision will be based uh, primarily on what are the normal processes within the organization and what are the capabilities of their staff. But regardless of which option you take, you've got to choose uh, to do uh, project management. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And many questions from my side. First of all, you've mentioned agile versus standard or traditional project management. Uh, from your experiences, is it really shifting towards age agile when it comes to real large scale projects? Because there needs to be someone who has the bigger picture, even if they are working agile and in small chunks. Um, this, is, this is a challenging task. <laughs> it is, is it a challenging task? Uh, the answer to your question is yes, Agile is very appropriate. It's actually quite appropriate for an IAM project because you're typically dealing with activities that are going to be done in, in, uh, as, a, as a piece. So, for instance, one piece I might have to do is do a connector to the HR system. Well, in Agile, that becomes... There's various words for how you how how you manage that, but it becomes a piece of work that I can put up on the project wall. I can identify the issues that need to be addressed, and I can monitor as that proceeds. and And typically, if we can if we can take our pieces of work to be um, a couple of weeks' work, that's ideal. And so, agile is can be very efficient uh, in in doing that, but. You can't start the Agile project management until you've done some preparatory work. So there's, there's certain things that we need to do. First is make sure that we've identified all of the stakeholders. 
Okay, so we need to do a stakeholder analysis uh, so that we actually uh, know who to include. Call uh, a project stand-up. Um, so uh, in an agile environment, you will have a project wall, which will be a big chipboard or, or whiteboard or something where we're going to put the individual components of our project up there, the pieces that haven't yet started, the pieces that we're currently working on, and the pieces that we're completed. A stakeholder should be able to come, look at that wall, and in 30 seconds understand where the project is. So you need to have identified those project uh, stakeholders. So a stakeholder, for instance, might be the owner of the HR system. The owner of the HR system should rightly be involved in any stand-up, and the stand-up is happening every three or four days, maybe up to out to a week. I don't like to go out to a week. I like to keep it a bit shorter than that, where the stakeholders come together and in a very stand-up meeting, like very short meeting, uh, make sure that they, number one, understand the, the current progress, and number two, understand any issues, and then they can go away and work on any issues that need to be resolved. So it's a way of um, identifying to management uh, what issues there are and allow the, the management to, to resolve them. So the whole idea of project management is to expose the project and their project activities. The, the next uh, piece of project planning that needs to be done is a communications plan. Uh, you need to upfront decide who needs to be advised about the project and when and what. So for instance, a steering committee member will need to get the minutes of the steering committees that happen. And you need to also put there, well, how is it going to be sent? Is it going to be emailed? Is, is it going to be put on the website? Like I, I'd like for any project I run to have um, a URL that I can point people to if they want information about the project. So if I'm going to put my steering committee minutes up on there, I've got to identify that in a communications plan. Some cases, a stakeholder won't be able to get to that URL. They might be in another building that doesn't have access to it. So then I've got to email it to them. Or if you've written it down in a communications plan, you'll know what you've got to do. If you fail to do that, you might not know till halfway through the project that somebody in the, in, in the committee that's managing this, the steering committee, is not getting the documentation. You need to nip in the bud all sorts of problems that might happen that way, and the project management uh, will help you do that. Um, quality plan is another one. You can do uh, tasks very quickly if you're not concerned about the quality of the task. So if, if, you have, if you've got a quality management plan, uh, you will say, well, for every deliverable, this is how we're going to make sure it gets accepted as being adequate. Uh, so you need a quality plan. And then you need a schedule. Okay. Uh, typically, you'll use a Gantt chart. Gantt chart are, are de, de rigueur now uh, because it shows you the items that are being done, and then it has a schedule beside that. So you'll see the timeline of each of those activities. So Gantt charts are quite popular there. So you need to have these artifacts in order to make sure that the project's being properly managed. Does that make sense, Matthias? Absolutely, and and maybe this 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 really important role of the project manager, um, as, as you just described it, and who takes care of these artifacts of these of these, yeah, of these processes that you just described and and the results. Um, I've seen it both. I've seen it um, being somebody who is just a project manager with no 
um, um, knowledge or, or background of being an identity professional. And I've seen it with people who are identity professionals so that they can contribute their expertise to the ongoing project and really understand much more about what's going on behind that. I think both has, has its pros and cons. What would you recommend or what do you see in practice? Yeah, a good point. Yes, in often cases, uh, an organization will engage a, a professional project manager who doesn't have any uh, knowledge of identity and access management. Now, that can work provided that project manager relies on the people in his team or her team to help and to identify what needs to be done. Okay, um, I often get the question, uh, issues register. How do we do an issues register? How do I identify issues? And I said, well, what you need to do is get the right people in a room. You stand in front of the whiteboard and say, what can go wrong? If you do that, they'll tell you. If you don't do that, they won't. So a project manager who understands how to manage a project will make sure that he or she relies on their team to uh, ensure that that project is a success. And having that communication with the team members, giving them the uh, ability to communicate with each other is, is pretty essential. There's one other essential point I'd like to make, and that's the steering committee. Please never run a project without a steering committee. The steering committee uh, is the group that will be responsible for monitoring the progress of the uh, project and more importantly, resolving any issues that arise. So as a project manager, you need to monthly or every six weeks, depending upon what frequency it is, go in front of the steering committee and say, this is where we're at, folks, and these are the problems I've got that you need to resolve. A lot of people think a project manager is somebody that walks on water. Well, that's not the case. A project manager is a person who identifies to the company what the project's doing and gives them the visibility of how to, to properly manage that. So if you don't have a steering committee in place, the chance of a project getting off the rails is much greater. And it, it gives a regimen, if you like, to make sure that that happens. And those people have to be at the right level. I remember a project I did in Singapore, a government project, where the uh, people managing the project didn't want upper management within the agency to be aware of what was happening. They would not let me as a project manager go to the uh, people that could make the decisions uh, with my requests. They said, no, we'll do that for you. Well, unfortunately, that didn't happen very well. And so um, the, in, in, in that was a very difficult level uh, way to, um, to manage uh, that particular project. You need the right people at the right level to be able to deal with your issues but please make sure that you construct that steering committee and have the regular steering committee meetings that, uh, that monitor the progress. Because if you don't have that, that, that um, management won't happen. You'll, you'll, you'll leave, leave out that piece of it. So, yeah, um, those, those are the main issues that I wanted to just highlight Right. So I think when we sum it up also from, from the earlier episode that we had together, um, the main thing that we are really looking at here is um, transparency and visibility. 
so that communication is as open as possible and the overall systems are fully understood and well communicated. So it's the systems plus the processes that are going on um, that, that everybody who is involved and everybody who should be involved actually is and is always in the situation to get the information about the project uh, over time that he requires and needs to make further decisions. So it's really about transparency. Am I right? Absolutely. I love that word. Um, so project management will make sure that all of the activity is exposed and managed so that issues can be addressed and resolved. Um, and in that way, management will be engaged in the success of the project. Right. Maybe one, one final short thought before we close down. Things have changed when it comes to meetings, um, when it comes to communication just right now. And also Australia is not that small, so that it's not necessarily always the, the case that you can get all people into one room at a time. Um, does that what you described just right now when it comes to the communications plan, to the stand-ups, to the project wall, to work in a in a virtual environment, to in a in a collaborative form like Teams, like I don't know WebEx or whatever you have, and SharePoint, um, is this something that can work as well? Oh, absolutely. In fact, that's pretty essential in many cases because if you've got a distributed organization where you're dealing with branches in different cities, uh, that's that's how you have to do it. Uh, and the, all the tools are there now. So, for instance, if you're doing an agile project and you can use the Trello application to, to manage that, to put up your project wall, excellent solutions. So all of this can work in a virtual environment. Okay, perfect. So then that's it for today. You, you actually did a great summary already, so I'm skipping that step here. Thank you very much, Graham, for again being my guest today here in that podcast, and we will surely have further editions of this podcast together and also benefit from your vast experience as a uh, project identity professional um, in your area. Thank you very much for your time, Graham. Super. Thanks. Thanks, Matthias. Thank you. Bye-bye.